this year was one of those years uh, where, you know, as I encounter God and spend time asking him and he kind of unveils different things. This has been, I, I think for me, one of the most intriguing questions in my life. And many others have come to me and asked, you know, where... Where do we go? And and I tell you, because of the diversity of verses and all, I've had a lot of opinions on this one. <laughs> and a lot of, uh, you know, our opinions are worth just about that much, too. <laughs> so it's it's better to know the answer, the truth. And so, you know, I, I believe, you know, in digging this year, this is one of the areas which really gave me some peace on the answer. And, and that's kind of, and it's been doing this for the last couple of months on the subject. I just didn't recognize it because... You know, I didn't really, it just never occurred to me that I went, oh, I get it. So <laughs> we're going to kind of answer that question a little more definitively. Where do we go? Okay, a thousand years in a booth. In Luke's story of the rich man and Lazarus, now this is not the Lazarus that was raised back to dead, the brother of Mary and Martha. This is a different guy named Lazarus, very popular name, one of the most popular names at the time when Jesus was on the earth. So at, uh, in that story, Jesus describes both men as dying and going to the realm of the dead called Hades in Greek, Sheol in Hebrew. But this view of the afterlife really seems to conflict with what Jesus told the thief on the cross. Today you'll be with me in paradise. Now in our brains, we know there was a paradise in the Garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. It means pleasure. And there's a paradise with God in heaven. It's the garden. In, in heaven, there's, there's the river and there's trees and there's healing and, and all of this. We've seen these different visions. So when we see him saying things like that, we go, ah, that just... Does he get to skip the line? Like, just, what is, you know... Yeah, it flies in the face of... It's so confusing. So Jesus' promise suggests that after he and the thief die that very day, they'll be together in paradise. So which is it? Do the deceased go to Hades or heaven? Why in the world? Well, we know that Jesus went to Hades, Sheol, mm -hmm. for three days after he died, right? right? I mean, not immediately to heaven, so that alone answers the question that we must not be understanding what he's saying because mm. that's not what he did. So in order for the robber to be with Jesus that day, the thief would have to join him in the realm of the dead. So that's the clue first that we're probably misunderstanding something. Revelation 20, 13 says, and this is in the very, very end. The sea gave up the dead who are in it. In fact, this is right after the millennium. The sea gave up the dead who are in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who are in them, and they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Just three verses later in Revelation 21, 1, 3, and this is after all those things, John writes, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling of God is with humanity, or with man. Now, according to this vision, the paradise of God comes down to earth at the resurrection of the dead. And the righteous dwell not in heaven, but in the kingdom on a renewed earth. So that's a pretty big clue there, too, is this resurrection is happening. And there's confirmation right there in Revelation of that. So mm -hmm. Jesus told the thief, today you'll be with me in paradise. Where would Jesus and the thief be later that day after they died? in a place called the bosom of Abraham. Now, you can read about this in Luke 16, in the parable of the rich man who lived in luxury, and a poor man covered in sores who laid at his gate. He was named Lazarus, not, of course, the famous one. Verses 2 to 26 tell us this. Finally, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to sit beside Abraham at the heavenly banquet. Now, notice, where are we having a heavenly banquet at? We're not in heaven. <laughs> we're in the bosom of Abraham. We're in Sheol. But we're having a 
heavenly banquet. The rich man also died and was buried and went to the place of the dead. There in torment, he saw Abraham in the far distance with Lazarus at his side. The rich man shouted, Father Abraham, have some pity. Send Lazarus over here to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I'm in anguish in these flames. But Abraham said to him, son, remember that during your lifetime you had everything you wanted and Lazarus had nothing. So now he is here being comforted and you are in anguish. And besides, there's a great chasm separating us. No one can cross over to you from here and no one can mm. cross over to us from there. Now that's a really big reality to understand about Sheol or Hades. Mm -hmm. It is not just a place of torment or torture similar to hell. It's a place of peace also, where the righteous await resurrection, those who reside in the bosom of Abraham's part of Sheol are not separated from God. So somebody once said it was like neighborhoods. I thought that was kind of funny. Was like, what kind of neighborhood is that? Is that a rough, rough area, really, really nice area. But it's the same kind of concept. Is This is the same place, but it's really not the same place because it's definitively different. But it is all Sheol. Part, uh, some... 139a tells us of God, if I ascend to heaven, you are there. And if I make my bed in Sheol, look, it's you or you are there. Now that sh that word Sheol is translated in so many ways. It's tra translated as depths, the grave, uh, let's see, uh, hell. Uh, it's translated just, uh, I'm just, just looking down the many translations and descending down and so it's 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 got a bunch of different words that sum it up so but if i make my bed there you are there so and that's the bottom line is this is why jesus can cry out as he dies father into your hands i commit my spirit he's not leaving the father he's going to him but where is he going he's going to sheol for three days proverbs 15 11 adds sheol and abaddon lie open before the lord so we don't have to be in heaven to encounter God. He meets us in the tabernacle in our wilderness. Mm. That's the point. Just for clarity, in Luke 23, 42, before Jesus told the thief that he'll join him in paradise, the man said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And we kind of forget that when we when we just take part of that verse. Because we just hear the paradise yeah, and today. Take yeah. me now. Yeah. <laughs> he was asking outside Calgon, take me away. He was asking Jesus to remember him when he came with God's kingdom mm -hmm. at the last day. Yeah. The thief, though he was evil in his life, his heart turned and he did understand he understood the it, significance. Right? Yeah. And Jesus explained that he will get to enter the paradise that comes down with God's heavenly kingdom at the end. But he also said, look, you don't have to be afraid. This death that they're bringing you on the cross, you're not going to be away from me. Today, you'll be with me. And he talks and he describes it as paradise because, now, can I just tell you the thing that we just sadly misunderstand here? We're so focused on a garden and the place setting that paradise is with Jesus. Mm. If anywhere you're at with Jesus is paradise. Period. Is there's just more to paradise than we think about. And we just... You know, we just kind of get this idea of being in the realm of the dead is oh, that's so bad. We're, we're not in the grave. You're not laying in the dirt, so to speak. But in a sense, there's a connection to that because it's the realm of the dead. So that's why it gets to be a little confusing. In the meantime, the thief, all of them would wait a resurrection in the realm of the dead. It's the same idea in 2 Corinthians 5. So we're always confident knowing that while we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We're confident, yes, well pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. 
That does still leave a few situations that requires answers. Ephesians 2.6 says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So I would just say, clearly, while we're alive, we have access to his throne room. And lastly, one of those who die for short periods and are shown around heaven or what seems like hell, again, I believe that while we're alive, we seem to have a different type of access, even, even if we're temporarily dead for hours. But when we die... He comes to us until we're raised by him. And one last important thought. The festival has that water drawing ceremony when Jesus says he is the living water. This is a shadow in type, too. Remember the rich man's thirst? He neglected the poor. He can't get access to water now. Mm. See, we have a chance now to be gracious. It'll be too late later. So I just want to just remind you, every time you think about that, just a, a little bit of water, a little bit of water, that's Jesus. And we don't want to neglect. So now I want to take you to the next step. That That's all the seven-day period. The eighth day, what happens then? Well, the judgment of Satan is next in, in Revelation 20. When the thousand years are over, Satan will be released from his prison, go out to deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, and to gather them for battle. In number, they're like the sand of the seashore. They marched from the breadth of the earth, surrounded the camp of God's people, the city he loves. But fire came down from heaven and devoured them. The devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They'd be tormented day and night forever and ever. I love that... Because you wonder, why do the martyrs get to be alive for a thousand years? Because they get to be a part of the destruction of the people who destroyed them. All the destroyers are destroyed. But notice, it's not like us when we ride on the horses with the swords and we're bringing judgment on the earth. This is when God does it all. Millennium. Very different. Right after millennium, very different. All right? Mm -hmm. The judgment of the dead is next. Then I saw a great white throne and him who seated on it, the earth and heavens fled from his presence. There's no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. The books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they'd done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it. The death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. Notice something's happening there. Death and Hades gave up the dead that were there in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is a second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. And then it's on to Revelation 21. All of us now, the new heaven and the new earth with Jesus. So do you get to go to heaven? Well, it's a new heaven and a new earth. So however you want to slice it up, you're with Jesus. And he's here in the throne. He's in Jerusalem. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. However you slice it up. You know, don't trouble yourself with, with all the little details because, yeah, it is a little bit confusing, but the Feast of Tabernacles really does sum it up. And so this is why, you know, coming in this morning is important to say, don't neglect the feasts because they also answer some really important questions, including not to be, as a Christian, not to be afraid of death or where you'd be or do or the, if there's some confusion there because God has got it under control. Mm -hmm. He's got you under control and his plan is to be with you and for you to be with him. Mm -hmm. And there's never going to be a time when you die that you're not with him. And he saw fit to show us in these feasts and appointed times and give us clues to the mystery wrapped all up in these as we learn more about them. Yeah. In fact, we're gonna, the next thing we're going to do is we're going to look at one of the interesting clues about this was the transfiguration. What was that all about? That was the millennium as well. So we're just going to glimpse at that as well.